Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. The Devils' win streak comes to an end. 13 games, they tie the franchise record. But boy, was it close. You can't help but feel like we were robbed last night. We should have won that game. We totally outplayed Toronto. If anybody was there, and I'm sure a lot of you guys were, things got a little crazy last night. We went, we went kind of Jersey on the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Um, obviously, the, the intensity and the excitement in the building was through the roof before the game even started, outside. Uh, everyone was having a great time. People were home from college and school, and people were home to see their family. So you're going to have a lot of people that, uh, that maybe came in from out of town that were trying to catch a game, didn't have work the following day. And, and you could see everyone was having a really cool time, a really great time. The, the vibes were great. And the Devils, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the games that they played earlier in the week, but the Devils got off to kind of a slow start yesterday. Uh, they didn't have the, uh, the best first period, obviously. Toronto scored two, two goals in the first, and the Devils were outshot. But after that, the Devils really kind of dominated the game. Um, we ended up finishing with 35 shots on net, and Toronto had 20 shots on net. Uh, the Devils ended up with 59% faceoff wins. We, so we, we beat them in the faceoff circle. We had more shots on net. We outhit them 15-9. to nine. But the story of the game is going to be the officiating. And this is completely unrelated to the three goals that were taken back, which I've never in my life seen three disallowed goals from the same team on the same night. And we'll get into the eruption that started after the third one was taken back. But the... (laughs) There was a, a referee on the ice last night, number 44, Justin Kia. Now, for, for me to literally acknowledge that this kid looked like he had no idea what he was doing prior to any of the goals being taken back is concerning. What, what am I doing paying attention to the refs? I'm not. I am not paying attention to the refs. This kid looked like a deer in headlights. So I had been noticing this, and I'm thinking to myself, this, this kid looks like they literally pulled him up out of a men's league game and have him officiating a, a pretty... It was a playoff-like atmosphere in the place last night. And I... Was, and I uh, so I had, I had like kind of just noticed, like, it seemed off, right? So after they took back the Nate Bastion goal... He actually was so, he was like a deer in headlights. He literally was so nervous that he actually called it a good goal and then had to turn around and say, no, it wasn't a good goal. So I went back and I looked. This kid has refereed six games in his entire life. And uh, I, it's not a good, it's not a good look. It's not a good look for the NHL. Now, I get it. You have to start somewhere. 
Um, I got I got to pull up this kid's stuff real quick. It was embarrassing. It really was. So he refereed two games last year, and he refereed four this year. But um, you might wanna you might wanna try to get this kid a little more seasoned before you start throwing him out there. And I mean, he he just looked like he was overwhelmed. He is. He's born in 1994, so he's a younger guy. I don't know. He had a rough go of it last night, and uh, and this was a really important game to the to, to our fan base, and we wanted to break our uh, single season win streak record, and the the officiating was bad. It was, and. We'll, we'll, let's, we can get into the to the to the called off goals if you want. So, the Thomas Tatar interference play. Matt Murray is like five feet out of the net playing the puck. It's like Thomas Tatar has just as much right to, of on the ice as Matt Murray does when he's not in his crease. He did not blatantly try to run into Matt Murray. You had the Hall of Goal that they kicked, and that's what everything he kicked the goal he kicked the puck clearly, but then the puck ends up going off of a Toronto Maple Leaf. Now they're claiming that that wasn't that doesn't constitute possession of the puck by Toronto, but it, it was. It was there was a ton of frustration in the building, and the fans were extremely jazzed up throughout the game, and it was a things boiled over, and it got it did it got pretty ugly in the building last night, and I'm I'm all for it. Like I love I love having fire, and I love all this, but I'm not a throw my stuff on the ice guy. And there was a lot of shit flying through the air last night that never even made it onto the ice. And it's dangerous, man. I mean, people bring their kids and stuff. And I mean, I didn't have my kids with me last night. I had a couple buddies with me and they were like, whoa, this is crazy. And I was like, yeah, this doesn't normally happen. But the fans got really unruly and and rightfully so. I mean, they were pissed, but there's, it, I do, I don't, you know... I like to think that we hold ourselves to a little bit of a higher standard, to be honest with you. Um, throwing beers and soda and your garbage on the ice, it was, uh, while I understood it all, it, it, was, it, it, wasn't our, it wasn't the best look for our fan base, especially after we're coming off of such a great run right now. So um, whatever, people get caught up in the moment and people do stupid shit and there ain't, there's nothing I could do about that, but... Uh, I would have liked to have seen it gone down a different way, but even the people that weren't throwing anything on the ice, people were upset, including myself. And uh, I tell you what, man, Toronto Maple Leafs fans are freaking brutal. What an what an awful group of people. 
Now, obviously, the Toronto Maple Leafs are like the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. They have the biggest fan base. Toronto is the biggest city in Canada, and majority of the people that grew up in, you know, in Ontario are, are Leafs fans and this and that. But talk about entitled for a, a, a group of people that have never seen, majority of them have never seen their team win a Stanley Cup. And it's like, geez, they're so obnoxious. They were, being, they were really obnoxious, which was crazy because we went to the Edmonton game, Devils Edmonton game the other night, and it couldn't be more opposite. The Edmonton fans who have, you know, seen multiple cups and greatness and are dealing with Connor McDavid and this right now, they could not have been more gracious. Um, and that's even and that's even after suffering a loss. So that was on what Monday? Yeah, Monday night. The Devils played uh, Edmonton. They won by a score of five to two. Vitek Vanacek was awesome. This is one of the very few games that the Devils were outshot in. Uh, I believe the shots were thirty to twenty-eight in favor of Edmonton. But Nico Point, uh, Nico Heischer had that nice three-point game. He continues to turn heads. But um, Vitek Vanacek looks great. And you can't be you can't be happier from what you've seen with, with him. And what's cool was, I mean, if anybody didn't catch the interview he had when he was one of the three stars of the games after the game versus Edmonton, are we all not Vitek Vanacek right now? Like, I feel like that's the mentality. That's how all of us feel right now as Devil fans who have been waiting a long time and are just happy to see. And he, he came out, and I'm paraphrasing, but he just said something like, this is so fun, and I'm so happy to be here, and I'm I, I'm so happy to play in front of everybody, and you guys are crazy, and this is great, and I'm so thankful, and it's like, I kind of think that's the way that all of us Devil fans feel right now. We're so thankful that we've gone on this this winning streak, and we've kind of turned a corner and learned how to win tough games, and have learned how to come from behind, and learn how to hold off teams in the last five minutes of a game when we're nursing a one goal lead and but you know Vanacek he he's kind of waited for this opportunity to become and prove that he could be a number one goalie and we have him on a favorable deal uh he he just looks like a a guy that the locker room is going to want to get behind a guy that the locker room knows can come up with big saves if they're down by a goal and they have to press a little bit and they know that they're going to give up some good scoring chances the other way they they believe in him and it's been a really long time because they, they haven't had that with Mackenzie Blackwood and and Mackenzie Blackwood's been hurt a lot and we'll get into Akira Schmid too but you wonder where Blackwood's place is with this team once he gets back from this injury you know Blackwood kind of has not had the best um he's not been known to have the he, you know there's not great vibes around him his attitude the guy seems like he's got an attitude or at one point it, it almost felt like he thought he was bigger and better than the team and um I don't know if that's because of the covid stuff that he went through or what but and there were rumors that he wanted to get moved and went out and got a new agent and this and that. And, 
you know, Blackwood was a star as a kid growing up, and he's big, and he's a Canadian kid, and he looks the part, but he hasn't been consistent enough for us. And Vanacek looks like the complete opposite. He looks like a guy that's, like, playing over his head, but he looks very fundamentally sound. He looks consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. He'll do whatever the team asks him to do. And um, the Devils fan base has really, really embraced this guy over the past couple games. I mean, the VTech chants at the Rock have been awesome. And last night at the end of the game, I mean, we were trying to come back. We're down by a goal. He made a sick toe save doing the splits with like a minute and a half left in the game. Which the last five minutes of the game last night were crazy. We're crazy. I mean, the energy in that place was insane. So Dougie scores, and then they have the uh, the Ric Flair video comes up, and then Putty comes up, and then and I'm telling you, the place was buzzing. I thought I literally I did. I thought they were gonna score. I mean, the Leafs were holding on for dear life, for dear life. We're better than the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is crazy. You would have never have thought that coming into the season. We are. We are a better team. I would play the Toronto Maple Leafs in a seven-game series. i put my money on the Devils all day, every day. And if you think about it, I mean, how many teams are there in the NHL right now that would beat the Devils in a seven-game series that you wouldn't feel comfortable going into a seven-game series versus? And, I mean, that's a big difference. That's a big difference than squeezing one out and getting a good win when you kind of got outplayed or something. I'm talking about seven games. We'll beat you. And I, I, I believe it. It's, I believe it. I do. And I kind of feel like um, I feel like the Devils are about to make a move. I don't know for who. But if you guys seen the reports... It sounds like, I mean, the Sharks are blowing blowing that thing up over there. It sounds like they're going to move Eric Carlson. And I think Timo Meyer is going to be next. And, man, he could be a guy that could totally propel us to the next level. You put him on a line with Nico, and you get these two Swiss kids humming. It's like, Devils could be deadly. Deadly. This is all without Palat. Then you put Palat with Hughes and Brat. I like what I like what Ruff did. He put Mercer up on the first line the other night and uh, moved Zetterland down to the third line, and Mercer had his best game. I thought it was his best game of the season. He was all over the place. So that was a good adjustment. I really liked, actually, I've really liked the adjustments that Ruff has made throughout the season. Now, obviously, when you're winning, it's, you're, yeah, they look better. Um, but... We didn't have the goaltending in previous years, and last year was a total shit show and disaster, but I really do like the adjustments. I mean, you've seen where we've gotten out to a slow start in the first period. We've come out, we switched our lines up a little bit, and it's worked. It really has. So, um, well done, Lindy. We've kind of needed Sharon Govich to get going a bit. Um He's a guy that we need him to score some goals, and I, I feel like when he's not playing, if he's not playing with Hughes, 
or he's not playing with Nico. He just kind of disappears. Now he did. He had two goals in the past, you know, week. But uh, so the Devils ended up. They beat Edmonton five to two. Uh, it was a, it was a great game. I mean, they outplayed Edmonton, um, and then they played Ottawa, which they won five to one. They outshot the Senators thirty six to twenty six. Halla got his first goal, which was great to see. You saw he kind of he got that monkey off of his back. You saw Lindy Ruff came over and gave him a tap on the back. I think the whole team was really happy for him. The guy's had a million shots on net this year. He's played on every line. He's been really good. Um, and he, he definitely deserved it. Hall is a guy that has scored 30 goals before. So this isn't a guy that doesn't know how to put the puck in the net. I think, like, especially coming to a new team, um, I'm sure he felt a lot of pressure after he went through the first 10 games and didn't have any goals and was playing with some highly skilled players on the, on the line, you know, on a line with Jack Hughes at one point. So he got that first one and you'd like to think that they're going to start going in. Obviously yesterday could have been his second, but it went off of his skate and they called it a kicking, you know, they, they waved the goal off, but he's a guy that uh, don't be surprised if he still doesn't finish the, the season with 15 to 20, something like that, because I, I think he needed that first one to really get going. And he was like snake bitten for so long. I mean, how many high quality scoring chances did Hall have that he wasn't able to put home I don't think that that's the norm for him. He's played long enough in the league where he has a track record of being a 20-goal scorer. So I'm expecting to get some more production out of him. But Akira Schmid, Akira Schmid has been a very surprising and um, encouraging look on the Devils. He... You kind of thought that they were going to bring up Nico Dawes originally when they had to bring up a goalie from the AHL. They bring up Schmid instead, who was playing better for Utica. And, man, this kid has looked amazing. Now, obviously, the first game that he got put in, they threw him into the third period. Um, I think it was first, like, Edmonton. But regardless, the guy's played in uh, – he's played in two games. Uh, so there's, like, seven periods, let's say. Or eight periods. And he's looked great. He just looks very calm. He looks he's not trying to do too much. He plays his angles very well. He's been great with rebound control. He seems square to the puck. He sees the puck really good. I don't know. I like him a lot. And I think the fan base loves him too. I mean, every time he touches the puck, everybody goes crazy at the rock. Like he's only twenty two years old. He's also from Switzerland. Dell's got like a whole Swiss thing going here. That's why, I mean, obviously Siegenthaler is from Switzerland. You bring over Meyer, which I brought up before. They said that like the, they said that Ottawa, or um, Ottawa, they said that San Jose is looking for less than what Ottawa gave for Debrinket. So at this point, I don't know. Do you give up your first round pick next year and try to, and try to bring Meyer over? Are you going to have enough money to sign him um, and Brat? Now, there is a report this week that Tom Fitzgerald uh, has started negotiations with Jesper Brat, and I, I read an art. I read the article, and it basically said it was Tom Fitzgerald saying, "You know, Jesper Brat's not the only person on the team. Like, we want to get this done. We want him here long term. 
But he's got to realize, like, we have other people that we're going to have to sign too. And while we'd like to throw the bag at him, like, we can't. You can't just give him – you can't overpay. You should pay him for what he's worth. I think an eight times eight deal for Jesper Bratt is fair for both sides. And um, and it would. It would leave a little room. If you go over eight, I, I think it's – I think you might – you might regret it. <coughs> Which is, which is weird to say because he's been so good and he's been so productive and he's showing a lot of consistency. But you are, you don't want to put yourself in a weird position where it's going to be hard to sign some of this young talent that you have coming as well. I mean, you're going to have to sign Mercer. Um, and I know this is a while away, but you're going to have to sign Nemitz and you're going to have to sign Luke Hughes. And there's a lot of people. There's a lot of, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of people that you're going to need to stick around that's going to be part of this core. But having a kid like Schmid is somebody that I don't think you're going to have to pay a ton of money for. He looks good. He's super young. He fits in with the core of our team. I don't think – I think Blackwood's done. If his injury was a little bit longer, I think it would – I don't know if he would ever play a game for the Devils again. But because, because it is, you know he's supposed to be back in the next couple of weeks, I think he will play. But can you afford to really mess with what we got going on right now? Like, are we willing to do that? I mean, we've seen Blackwood. He's had a track record. It's not like we don't have any tape on him or we don't know what he is. He's been around for years, and he's inconsistent, and that's what he is. Are you willing to throw him out there, not knowing if you're gonna get if you're gonna get the Blackwood that lets up five goals on 18 shots? Or are you going to get the Blackwood that, you know, stands on his head and has a shutout on 30 shots? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to do that right now and kind of throw that variable into the equation of what we have that seems to be very consistent and very solid. Just the Devil's game overall is very consistent. It's like... We know what we have. Our defensive structure is very consistent. We do not let up a lot of shots. We let up a lot of shots versus Edmonton. Let up 30 shots. But for the most part, we're 25 shots and under. Everything is from the outside. We don't give up a ton of high-danger scoring chances. We are really strong on pucks. We're aggressive for... Uh, we, we have a really aggressive four-check. We control, we control games. And I don't, I don't know if I want to, like, mess with that by throwing him back into the net when we kind of have everything under control right now. So we'll wait and see what happens with him when he gets back healthy. We're still waiting for Andre Palat to get back healthy. I mean, he's going to be... He's going to be nice. You're going to be able to put him on a wing. At this point, I think you're putting him on a wing with Hughes, and you can get him going. Um. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, we sent Alexander Holtz and Kevin Ball down to the AHL, which I thought was a great idea. No point in having these kids sitting up in the press boxes watching every game. Get them down there. Let them get some game time. Let them build their confidence up. I feel bad for Holtz. I mean, I think they made the right move by, like, he, he wasn't, you know, he he didn't fit in if what the lineups that were thrown out there are working right now so there's no point in in trying to mess with them but um 
I think he thought he had a really good uh, preseason and camp, and he thought he was going to make the team. He came out and he scored a goal on opening night, and I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't just uh, kind of, you know, put bad bad vibes into him. Or I, th- I hope he's a- able to overcome it. So I hope he's able to brush it off and go down to the AHL and light it up down there and kind of gain his confidence back. And then, because we're going to need him at some point, and whether we need him to produce because we want him to be a trade chip, or somebody gets hurt and we want to bring him up, or whatever it is, the kid's obviously clearly very talented, and we're going to need him at some point in one in one regard or the other. So I'm. Uh, I'm hoping that he he doesn't let this get to him because he seems to have a really positive personality and he hasn't let things really bother him in the past and I I hope that continues and because it's been a rough go he's been he's been in the press boxes for like 20 games so that's kind of tough but not playing in any games that's that's hard if you're a player especially a young player who's trying to develop and learn pace and stuff like that so We'll wait and see what happens with him. I'm not worried about Ball at all. I think he's going to be fine. Um, but man, it would have been it would have been really cool to see the Devils come back last night. They didn't, but there's nothing to be disappointed about. They played really great. I don't think that they, I don't think that they have anything to hang their head head about. Um, the place is crazy. The Devils fan base is back. That is 100% goes without saying, and. What was crazy was if they were to win versus Buffalo tomorrow and then versus Washington on Saturday, they would have played for the NHL all-time record on Monday at the Garden, which I can't encourage enough for Devils fans to get tickets to this game on Monday night at MSG. For years, we've watched these assholes come into... Um, the Rock and and just be so obnoxious all these Ranger fans I think the Devils could wipe the floor with the Rangers we're going to be there my brother's flying in from Florida and uh, we're going to be there and we're going to be loud and oh man I hope they I hope they bring it to them but I think it's good the Devils are going to they're in Buffalo I think they're doing Thanksgiving together today and then they play Buffalo tomorrow, which has kind of had a – Buffalo has not had the, the best uh, couple games. They did win last night, I believe. But I think they give – if it's me, I'm giving Sh- uh, Schmid the nod either to either tomorrow or on Saturday because I want Vanacek in net for Monday. But um, I'd like to see him – it's it's almost like a little relieving that this like streak is over because the streak became bigger than just the way the Devils are playing at one point. And it's like, would I have wanted them to continue to win? Of course. I want them to win every game. But we could put the streak behind us and now we could focus on, you know, winning games, playoffs, playing the right way. And they always say that if you can make it to American Thanksgiving – um, you can really kind of kind of get an idea as to who has a chance to make the playoffs and who do- and who doesn't. And we obviously have a very good chance to make the playoffs at this part uh, at this point in the season. So 
now it's kind of fine tuning things and making sure that they continue to play consistent and continue to play hard. Obviously, uh, you want to try to avoid as many injuries as possible, but on this Thanksgiving, we have so much to be thankful for when it comes to Devils hockey. This has been probably the funnest run of Devils hockey I've ever witnessed in my life. And obviously, we've <clears throat> I watched them win three cups and go to five Stanley Cup finals and this and that, but it was never, first of all, it was never out of nowhere the way that this one is. So, I mean, we were the fifth worst team in the league last year and... <clears throat> Excuse me. And now we're we're second in the league. So this kind of like came out of nowhere, which made which I think is like the surprise of all of it makes it a little more exciting. Um, but also the game that they play compared to the game that they played when I was growing up is a lot more fun. I mean, the speed is insane. the The passing in the Edmonton game was filthy. Like. We had gone years where we could not pass the puck. And the execution and the speed and the passing uh, the other night was, it was literally mind-blowing. It was like, whoa, this is, this is insane. Especially on that Severson goal, they, the, they're executing at an extremely high level, which makes the game so much more fun to watch. So um, this, is, this has been the most fun I've had watching Devils Hockey and... You're going to get a lot of people who grew up and are in their 30s or early 40s who grew up watching really good hockey with the Devils and have now had kids and stuff, but they're, they've never been able to introduce their kids to anything good. The Devils hockey in the past has been really bad. What little kid wants to watch your team lose over and over and over? So, I mean, I don't think these are people jumping on the bandwagon. I think these are people that are just... I'll, it's like a first introduction to what real hockey looks like, to be honest with you. And it's been really cool. I've seen so many people. Like I was at the, I was up at the American Dream the other day, that huge mall up in East Rutherford. Saw the old barn up there, um, which is still still standing and everything. It looks, I don't know if it looks good, but it was kind of cool to see. Um, but you saw kids in there. They, I, I like popped into a into a lids and like you saw kids in there. They were buying all their devil stuff and it's like oh man it's kind of exciting i remember as a kid like being so excited to get a jersey or get a new hat or something like that and there people are talking people are definitely talking about the devils obviously we've made national uh news coverage with the win streak that we've had so this is the start this is just the start so i, I encourage people who are even just casual fans to continue to watch the games and stuff because there's going to be a lot of impressive play moving forward, which we haven't got to see in a very long time. And we're New Jersey's only team, you know, and we, we have a very bright future. I'm, I'm super excited. I see people wearing the new throw, uh, the new reverse retros. I don't have my, I don't have one myself, but it's just cool seeing people hop on, hop on the devil's bandwagon right now. I, I welcome everybody with, with, with open arms. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. We got Giants-Cowboys at 4.30. Not feeling too good about it, being that we have, like, half of our team playing as a Giants fan. But uh, I hope everybody is enjoying the World Cup. And 
we got a game tomorrow night versus Buffalo on Black Friday. Hopefully we get a win out of that. And uh, I'll be at The Rock on Saturday. If, uh, if anybody's going, feel free to shoot me a line. And then we'll be at Madison Square Garden on Monday for Devils Rangers. And we are coming for you. We are coming for the Rangers. I'd love to see a blowout in the Garden. So, Devil's Streak ends. People riot in Newark. But all is well in New Jersey. I am Bill Botch. This is the Trap Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.